How's it going, guys? Welcome to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm Venture. This is Hannah. And we got a great episode for you guys today. Go ahead and tell the listener your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Matthew Huff. I'm from right here in Long Beach, California. Nice. Uh, yeah, right down the street, actually. Born yeah. and raised? Uh, grew up all over the South Bay. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I claim Long Beach. Why well, high school did you go to? We went to West High. Okay, yeah. I saw. I did a little research on you guys. Yeah. So I went to West High for my freshman and sophomore year mm. and then graduated from North High. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Long Beach and the South Bay, It's they're hidden gems, right? Absolutely. Like, they're the best places on earth, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So, we like to start off with a little icebreaker. I was just pulling up my notes here. I'm not, like, texting anybody. Tell me your favorite order at In-N-Out. Number one, no tomatoes. Mm. Not a tomato guy. Not a tomato guy. That's like my dad. My dad hates tomatoes. Really? And it's funny how like sometimes you take on family traits because up until recently, like as an adult, I thought I didn't like tomatoes either. Mm. And then I started trying them. Because, you know, you see your dad do something like, yeah, no, hold the tomatoes. We don't want them. We're not a tomato household here. (laughs) Or like, and then I started eating them and I love tomatoes on my burger now. And you just eat them like raw and stuff too. I don't like the big tomatoes. I like the small like cherry tomatoes. tomatoes, Like small ones. Yeah. Yeah, so hey, that's cool. We appreciate you coming out. Obviously, from uh, go ahead and tell where you're from. Yeah, I'm from the Beacon House Association of San Pedro. Mm. So uh, we're a long term residential treatment center. Uh, average length of stay is around two and a half years. Mm. Uh, we have several social ventures, uh, two thrift stores, a donation pickup service, and a culinary program as well. That's culinary. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys are still probably branching off into more things, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, uh, what we've learned is like you can't be everything to everyone. Mm. You know? So we're trying to be really strategic about what we you know get into if it's sustainable if there's funding it's got to make sense mm-hmm. for sure uh you know align with our mission so yeah hannah's familiar with you guys i am a little bit because it's right next to the swedish norwegian um church yes. in san pedro mm-hmm. um i'm swedish so I'm, I'm in that church every once in a while okay. and i know you guys have like helped out with like tables and yeah. like setting things up and helping out so yeah i knew a little bit about that how'd you yeah. get started with your organization so I actually washed ashore to the Beacon House in November of 2018. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, just beat up. Yeah. Mm. So I got sober there and kind of just slowly worked my way up and mm. got hired on about three years ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I like that. So full time there and now you're pretty much run, running things up there, right? Yeah. One yeah, of the head the guys. Part, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. That's mm. a, we'll, we'll get, dive a little deeper into that, but I would say just in the beginning, obviously, you know, Raider guy, Raiders yep. fans, got nice. the tattoos, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. What were you doing before, obviously, you know, your washing ashore needs, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of what were you doing from, you just said you graduated from North High, kind of yeah. after that area. Yeah, so um, I did what every, you know, kid from the South Bay does, and they go to school without really a plan, Mm. you know, Um, because that's what I was told I needed to do. So I went to Cal State Dominguez, uh, and I did really good at not showing up to classes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I was good at taking tests and all that, um, but yeah, I ended up dropping out about th- three years in. Mm. Like I had one more year left for wow. my degree, yeah. Uh, and that kind of just started off on, you know, odd, odd jobs and getting where I fit in, stuff like that. Mm. You know? Yeah, I get so, that. Are you an only child? Uh, I have two sisters. Uh, thank goodness they were more well-behaved than I was. Both have college degrees and are doing pretty well for themselves, yeah. Oh, are they here okay. in the South Bay? One lives in uh, Portland. Oh, okay. Yeah, she loves it up there. And the other one's down here in Long Beach, yeah. Nice. That's good. So your par- what did your parents do back in the day? So my mom has been in sales and management her whole life. And my dad was in aerospace. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm. That's, that's a good area, aerospace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I see it. So obviously you guys kind of have that thing going on. You got your siblings. Your family's pretty close, come from a tight-knit family. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I would say it's 50-50. Uh, my sister, we're, I'm half Hispanic. My mom's Mexican, so... There's a lot of strong personalities in the household. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of butting of heads. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we're cordial on holidays, but yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a little Anna here and there, you know? But yeah. uh, for the most part, yeah, we're very, we're close. Oh, that's, that's good. good. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We love on this show sort of hearing about kind of like what a hectic day or just a normal day in your situation looks like mm-hmm. and how obviously you keep your passion for showing up to work every day and helping out the community. So what does like tomorrow, what does your schedule look like? Uh, tomorrow is a a day full of meetings. So we have our thrift store managers meeting where we go over numbers, uh, bring up anything that we may want to look at or reassess operationally. Then we take that into a more executive level, um, strategic planning meeting. And then, uh, after that, um, you know, head into the stores and just see what things are looking like. But we're in the middle of a grant cycle right now. So I literally have three grants that are open right now and mm. one that needs a compliance report. So it's just, we wear a lot of hats in the nonprofit industry. So yeah, it's about balancing all that. And also, you know, we work with guys who are recovering from alcoholism. So you have to make sure that you have your counselor hat on as well. And, you know, you're there for their needs. Mm-hmm. How is it coming from you being an addict Mm -hmm. now working with people that are also like recovering Mm -hmm. how is that for you um i will say that the lived experience is something that's super valuable for Mm -hmm. me and for the residents at the beacon house uh using that like liability and turning that into an asset and being able to use it to teach from um and then like inspiring hope that if i could do it they can mm-hmm. is like something that I didn't find until I went to the Beacon House. Right. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. are how old are the guys there? Um, I would say like over seventy percent of residents are from eighteen to thirty nine. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just fix you a little bit, bring yeah. it a little closer in. Okay. I like that right there. Yeah. Let's point that out. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And do you guys usually do, so obviously you live there and mm-hmm. then now you're working mm-hmm. for the organization. Is that usually how you guys run it? Like you'll, you'll live there and then you also work for the organization or how do you guys do yeah. that? So like, um, for like the first 12 to 17 months, uh, you're in the primary program and that's zero contact from your family, no mm-hmm. cell phones, no relationships, nothing like that. Wow. You know, you're going to... I'd say on average, like close to 1400 hours of, you know, classes a year and, um, meetings on top of it. And yeah, you're living there in the residential setting. And then you go into the second phase of the program where you get a little bit more freedom. You get to talk to your family, you get a cell phone, you get all that. And then you slowly start to reintegrate back into society. And, you know, you move out with some guys who were there around the same time as you. And uh, if you're lucky like me, you get hired by the house, but that's not really like our mission. We're mm. trying to give guys the tools to go and do pursue whatever they want right. as far as career paths go. Mm. I have a, uh, we're obviously getting into touchy topics and um, mm. it's really cool to have you on because you have that lived experience that you're talking about. I am probably the only member of my family that doesn't struggle with addiction, mm-hmm. um, obviously at that level. 
what I've always kind of failed to understand and what I'm coming around to now as I age is obviously you can't you can't do anything that anybody doesn't want to do for themselves. Obviously that's sort of uh, my question now is it used to be a hundred percent in my mind of like you, why don't they just pick themselves up and fucking get their shit together and figure it out? Right. I'm not talking Mm. to that guy anymore. Fuck him. He's always lying. He's Mm. always doing this and this and this, right. How much of it would you say is really on you? Right. Mm. And then how much is it on sort of the resources at hand that are needed? Like what percentage of a role? And it's a case by case. I get it. But like if you ballpark for you, how much was it you flipping that switch to be like, all right, this is what I want to do. And then the resources to get me there. Uh, You know, you nailed it on the head where it's definitely like individual case by case basis for me personally. Um, I stayed in the fight a really long time and like I tried my way so many times. Mm-hmm. I'd been to 18 different treatment centers. Oh wow. In and out of jail, uh, psych wards. I was just tired this last time around. Um, so like it's the equation, you can't really like put it in paper or formalize it. Uh, I know like politicians are trying to find out the formula right now. And there's just so many variables, you know, so you have to make sure that the resources are there for when people like me are just like, hey, I'm done, that they have somewhere they can go and get that help. Yeah. And I think the cool part, though, is as negative as addiction can be, too, it's definitely a superpower. Like the way that I, I want to hear kind of what your thoughts are of it, because I feel it every day. I feel mm-hmm. it. I understand to where I have certain qualities about myself to where I lock onto something and it just consumes everything I do. It could be the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a microphone. Oh, I don't like how his microphone's working. It's broken. I don't like those headphones. That's all I'm doing for the entire mm-hmm. day until that gets fixed. Mm-hmm. Everything else is very limited. There is no Valentine day there is no this and that going on it's fuck uh this happened something's going on with the dog right or with hannah that has to get like fixed let's say so obviously i just try to keep as many positive outlooks working out keeping you know just keeping my head on and keeping good work in front of me to just keep it going but what are kind of your philosophy with that and how do you attack that is it similar oh it's very similar and i think that um, a lot of addicts and alcoholics they get this negative rap that they're like low bottom indigent drunks or Mm. junkies you know and like that is the case for some people but a majority of the people that I speak with and who are in my circle are brilliant you Mm -hmm. know and they do have that hyper focus mentality to the point where it's detrimental they're thinking of things five years ago you know and that resentment could lead them to go and drink or they're fixating on the future and how do I get there um and I think for me like I still have that thought process a lot Mm -hmm. of times but what it comes down to is like grounding and like what I can control right now and like not becoming hyper focused or I still do everything in excess like I I drink a lot of energy drinks Mm -hmm. you know I I vape like 24 7 probably an unhealthy amount I can be in the gym for longer than I need to be uh you know retail therapy I still have all retail therapy that's the only thing I think you battle with is retail Mm -hmm. therapy (laughs) (laughs) it's dangerous but it's fun (laughs) yeah yeah you know so I, I get it it's still all there it's just a matter of like acknowledging when it comes up and like taking contrary action seeing if it's detrimental or if it's healthy then it's feeding that, you know? Yeah. Are you in a relationship currently? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, how did you meet your girlfriend? So I met her um, on a dating app. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I don't have the confidence to approach women in the wild. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to hedge my bets a little bit and, like, provide value through some jokes first. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, she's also in recovery. She just took two years. So awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Did you guys find so you guys have been together for two years? We've been together for just under. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys are kind of getting into that sweet spot now, right? Doing the mm. thing. So yeah. how important is it to you to have a partner that you can kind of bounce ideas off and, you know, run this game with together? Uh, I, you know, a lot of guys that I know that are like, I will never date a woman who's also sober. Um, and a lot of that is because we each run separate programs, 12 step programs. And, um, you know, in this, you want to be helpful and you walk a fine line of like, okay, do I solve this problem? Do I, you know, give my opinion or do I just listen? Mm. And like in these programs, it's very much encouraged to give feedback, at least where I got sober, you know? Um, so it's a double-edged sword. You know, I get myself into a little bit trouble where it's <laughs> like, okay, maybe I shouldn't, like, she's not looking for me to fix anything right now. Let me just listen, you know? Um, but I do value um, her opinion, and I always know it's coming from a, a good place and mm -hmm. not a place of malice. And, like, I believe that wholeheartedly. So I, I really enjoy our relationship. That's awesome. I like that. I think the communication part of, like, we even struggle a little bit with the whole, like, you just listen. I don't need your opinion. I don't need you to solve anything. Just listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I am, like, I can sit and talk shit about this girl said this at work and I'm, mm -hmm. and then you're like, well, you got to tell her this. And I'm like, I'm not looking for a solution here. I'm literally mm -hmm. just looking for you to listen, agree with me, agree with me on, yeah, she's a bitch. Like just be on my side. Yeah. We don't have to solve anything right now. Just mm -hmm. sit there, listen and agree. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working on that and we're yeah. getting better. So <laughs> that's the thing too is, or just also the thing that's helped me the most is actually communicating that is like okay well do we want to fix it or do we just kind of want to chill in it for a yeah, little while ask me that sometimes and yeah. you're like and I, I just want to chill cool mm -hmm. i ain't got nothing to say you know what i mean or like <laughs> i have nothing to value to bring but yeah. that's yeah. it you talk about that negative stigma when you're in the gutter like that and you're working your way out of it i think one of the things i'm curious about and you have so much experience with people with your similar background is how long does it take, if ever, to really evaluate yourself as sort of a new version of yourself and not be like, oh, well, I was just a drunken asshole four years ago, let's say, you know, or mm -hmm. however many years it was for you. How many years have you been sober? Five years. Congrats, amazing. right? Yeah, so amazing. to where now you go, are, do you ever have thoughts where you're like, no, I'm still this version of Matt from, you know, 2018, let's say, but this is 2024, Matt. Mm. I'm in a much better place. Are you good at kind of patting yourself on the back and maybe giving yourself the props that you deserve? Or is it something that you don't think about? That's a really good question. So um, probably not as often as I should, mm. you know. Um, I'm very much focused on today, just today. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to do a little self-reflection. And really the only person you should ever compare yourself to is yourself. Mm -hmm however far back you want to go, you know? And uh, if I'm being honest, I don't do the best job. I still focus on, you know, where I need to do better and what I need to improve on. Um, but at the same time, like, like I fully acknowledge that five years ago, I was a piece of shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that is 100% true. And at a baseline level, like, I understand that's not who I am today, mm. you know? Tell me about your first time getting arrested. Oof. So the first time I got arrested... Uh, was actually over by North High. Uh, I take that back. I was walked through hand with handcuffs at West High, and I got a daytime truancy ticket mm. for trying to sneak back into school to go oh. to, to go to sixth period. <laughs> yeah, so that was the first time I had ever been thrown in handcuffs. I didn't go to jail. I had to go to daytime truancy classes yeah. on the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, but the first time I went to jail was um, I OD'd in a car, and my buddy took me. 
into my car and they thought I was dead. So the cop showed up and, uh, you know, I was out of it. I was just out of it. And they asked if they could search my car. And I said, yeah, fucking search my car. (laughs) Oh, geez. Terrible idea. (laughs) So they found, uh, you know, open containers, uh, pills, uh, wax, which was, you know, it was illegal. Um, and that was the first time I got arrested and I got, you know, booked over in Torrance. And, uh, luckily that was my one get out of jail free card. You know, dad was there to bail me out that time, but I wasn't so lucky, you know, after mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but, uh, I was terrified. You know? Yeah. How has your family been throughout everything? Um, man, they've been through so much. Mm. Yeah, they're grateful today. Yeah, for sure. They're grateful today, but it was a ride that they didn't sign up for, mm. you know, and I could, I've sponsored guys and like, I understand like when someone's headed in a nosedive or for a crash and like wanting to like write the shit. But I understand today, like, Hey, that's his experience. Like my parents didn't have those tools. They wanted to fix, 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 you know? So like, I could only imagine how powerless they must've felt Mm. for sure. What would you recommend then to somebody who maybe like someone with Hannah's background, right? Where there's not a lot of addiction in her family or just, you know, around her. And then you presented with something like this, let's say it's a kid or something like that. How do you, what are kind of a general ballpark on how to navigate something like that? Um, man, like I, I can give you like my experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. I can really give you. Cause like I, I am no representative. That's of, what like, this podcast is about. Yeah, I don't think yeah, you yeah. understand how much I like disclaim everything with, but this is my idea and this is what I did. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think you should drive your truck like this, yeah. but this, it, I've got it done. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I, in that sense, like I very much am the tough love guy, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope that, you know, if my child were ever to go down that path that they feel every little bit of misery, mm-hmm. you know, and like sorrow and like pain because like pain is the admission price, you know, like mm-hmm. if it was all good and it was working out for you and you still had plays and, you know, game to run, then like you'd still be out there. But like every single one of those bridges has to be burnt to the ground for you to finally say like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. That's definitely how, what my foundation of thought is. And then now I think as I'm becoming with the show a little bit more like relatable to the general kind of population i have to find analogies to be like no it's not run through a fucking wall until you know you Mm. figure it out it's hey plants have to be watered you know and then there has to be a storm in order for the thing to bloom in the summertime right and like that's how i'm able to relate to you but yeah tough love is the best honestly that's my favorite time because i mean that's how you were raised though i love it it's the best (laughs) thing ever when i see it like when i see a parent really giving a good ass whooping to a kid i'm just like yeah that's it you i bet you won't touch that stove again you know like you know she told you not to do that two Mm -hmm. or three times so that's my favorite thing but Mm -hmm. when i see a kid on a leash at disneyland or something that's like (laughs) what are we doing come on now like let him be free let him go he's at disneyland why do you how are you leashing him up at the happiest place on earth it doesn't make any sense but yeah yeah, man tell me about sort of the thrift culture that you guys are doing and how you've seen that change and explode because it went from as a kid that being the last place that you want to be you know caught in or post about or anything like that to now we have your demographic that's your the number one place that you like to shop at and it's only that so tell me about that for sure no I mean you again you nailed that on the head like um what when I was a kid if you were trying to take me to go buy some shirts from the Goodwill mm-hmm. I would throw a shit you know, <laughs> my mom, right? and like now what we're seeing is like 
I mean, the middle class, like the goalposts are moving for income for middle class, you know, and I think right now, 120,000 years middle class, like in Southern California, that's where you got to be. And I don't know that many people who are making that, you mm-hmm. know, um, so obviously people are being budget conscious, you know, furniture, houseware, kitchenware, stuff like that. And then there's the people who are into the vintage and retro uh, looks and that are looking for those unique items that they can come and score there. Or there's a lot of people who are reselling, you know, we fully mm-hmm. acknowledge that, you know, and we try to make sure that the margins are there for them too. We usually price items that can be resold like 15 to 30% below sold prices on various marketplaces. So, I mean, it's a really broad demographic. We see a lot of people, but the thrift industry is one of those things that's recession proof where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the economy's not doing good. Like we're going to go buy items from the thrift store. The economy's good. Like we're going to buy more, donate what we have, you know? And then there's the sustainability aspect of it where that's really picking up traction with like uh, Gen Z and Gen X. That's really important to them. Um, and then there's Gen Alpha now. I just found out. I went to this NRF, oh. like, uh, yeah, this national retail foundation or federation thing. And, like, I don't know anything about Gen Alpha, but they're coming up. I think Gen what Alpha. What is the Gen Alpha? Gen Alpha might be right under my sister. Right? So, like, after, what, 2008? So, if you're born, I mean, we can Google it right what is now. That? Mm-hmm. 2009? What is that? They're the ones who are, I think they're the ones that are like heavy on TikTok right now. They yeah. got, really aren't supposed to be, you know what I like mean? Like 11-year-old, 10-year-old. Okay, them. yeah. So right after Lily. So 2010, okay. starting okay. birth years to like mid to late 2020s. So kids who oh, are okay. what, like 16-ish right mm-hmm. now get gotcha. into there. So kids that 14, are all the way gone. Like 14. full on, just yeah. like that brain is just on. <laughs> just the, the kid that was just scrolling the whole yeah. thing. So that's what it is. But I mean, they have some superpowers. We just don't know what the fuck they are yet. But yeah. like it's, yeah. Well, there's we'll no, see it. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're full cyborgs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing to where, how are you, um, like what are some ways that you're able to kind of disconnect either from work or just kind of stress? Do you... Are you able to put the electronics down? Do you kind of remove yourself? What's some ways that you find to like cope with stress? You know, I would be lying if I said I wasn't like a passive scroller mm. during like a streaming service. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I need stimulation. Yeah. Um, but I make like a conscious effort at least to get in, you know, gym time with my girlfriend. That's nice. really important. Um, I'm present when we go and do things on the weekends. Like I I try to separate and like I have a rule for work at least. Like if it's past six o'clock, I'm not going to respond to an email. Mm. It could wait till tomorrow unless it's something that's like urgent, you know, needs to happen now. Um, But yeah, I mean, the first thing I do when I come home is like I decompress. And, like, I have a rule with my girlfriend. Like, I don't like the how was your day as soon as I get mm. home. Like, I still have the taste from the day yeah. in my mouth. Like, yeah. I don't want to do, like, an after-action review immediately after. Like, let me calm down a little bit yeah. and we can circle back to that, you know? I like I that. I think that's how you are because you hate that question. If I ask, oh, how was your day? And you're like, like, like every other day. Like, mm. you're like nothing... Well, I can tell you what's going through my head, and I think it's what's going through his head, is um, he's very... And I'm very good at seeing several patterns like Mm -hmm. if i'm seeing something how are we going to do this there's it's a divergent thought there's four different ways so if you ask me how my day is or how did something go i now have to think about all three or four of those scenarios and then bring together like Mm -hmm. oh this is the best path to take Mm -hmm. and then go it's the same thing that's like oh how do i get drugs tonight you know Mm -hmm. blah 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 oh tony knows so and so this is this okay now let's figure it out it so now you instead of it being a simple like how was your day it was great we had a podcast with matt and then we went and did some valentine's day 
day stuff and did this, it becomes like a seven thing mm. all just to get into that answer. Gotcha. So it's like, I'll tell you how my day is. Just like when we go on vacation, um, let's say we see my family, right? Mm. You get in the car. It's just like, you hungry? Let's go. We're already going to get food from the airport. You know, everybody's yeah. hungry after airport. Let's just go get food, right? And then by the time the food gets here, we're like, oh, let me tell you about this fucking crackhead on the plane that just did this and that the plane almost didn't make it. The second we get into the car with your parents, it's like, well, how was the flight? 10, and how was this? And how was yeah. this? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't even want to be here right I now. I like, honestly yeah. have started to realize that too. Like last time we went, because we they live in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a long flight. So you're already tired from the flight. And then now they're going to ask you all these questions. And even now, before I was like, oh, no, they're nice. You know, they just want to know and they care about us. Last time I was like, oh, this is kind of a lot. Like, I can't do all these 10,000 yeah, questions just, as soon as I hop off the flight. It's a little much. Yeah. It's a little yeah. much. It's the way people, like, also, like, it's one of those fillers, mm-hmm. you know, like, no one really likes an uncomfortable silence, yeah. you know? It's, right. like, almost like a, a gesture of kindness, mm-hmm. or, like, you, they want to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. But, like, in more intimate relationships with my girlfriend, it's like, dude, let's just skip the bullshit. Right. You know, like, <laughs> what's important? Like, what do we have to do tonight? Right. Or, you know, how was your day? Any major pain points we can go over? You know, like, that's yeah. how we operate. Does she like the question, how was your day? Um, I don't know if she does, but she's very happy to tell me about her day. Okay, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. And I'm very happy to listen. Nice. If she's listening, to, if she'll listen to this. You know? I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Where do you guys stay at now? Are you in Long Beach? Yeah, we're over back Pine Cal, uh, Cal State Long Beach. Oh, okay, nice. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I like that area. Yeah. It's a good spot. Yeah. I'm there every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Cal State Long Beach, so I'm always there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Almost out though, right? Almost done. You're good. Get there. Don't pull a three years and then call it a day, Don't right? Do it. Just I got two more months. <laughs> literally easy to just fall over the the, the graduation stage. Like, oh, I have felt like that since like freshman year. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I'm over it. But I, we're I almost there. That. Definitely, we're really proud of you. Thank so you. you're gonna get it done. Do you have any mentors that you can kind of think back on that you have really helped kind of cultivate your leadership style? Yeah, for sure. Um, a few that stick out. Um, this guy named Shane Fleming, who now works for uh, Slave to Nothing, which is in and out nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, foundation that helps with substance abuse and um, women trafficking and, you know, things like that. Um, he was my predecessor and he kind of started um, the thrift store social venture for the Beacon House. Um, and he kind of just, what I've learned from him was stay out of people's way. Like, Mm. if you trust them and they have, you know, really good skill sets and, like, attributes, like, encourage and see how you can be helpful and let them create. Um, I don't want to stunt people's growth. I want them to make their own mistakes and take their own chances. Um, And he he gave me that opportunity. Mm. And, like, I'm really grateful for that. I love the just the whole idea of that, too, because, I you know, I have a really good mentor as well. And I was doing some work with him yesterday and he kind of opened my eyes up to something to where like I work in finance I don't know if I forgot to tell you that but I do a lot of like trying to just when you're a younger guy doing it you want to fix everything right Mm -hmm. you want to well we can do this and put it here and do that and lower this and blah 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 and so many toys to play with Mm -hmm. and then he was really we were with a client who's um in some pretty crazy debt right now like not really like almost underwater basically Mm -hmm. it's very very close they'll make it out but we'll get it figured out and um he goes yeah I don't want to step on anybody's toes so yeah. that's kind of the mentality to where I was like, oh, yeah, that is kind of what I'm doing. I'm not supposed to step on anybody's. T- it's just almost you just provide options, right? right. If they want to take it, that's cool. If not, you kind of got to just move on to the next person mm. that maybe doesn't want to take it. So, yeah, like don't step on anybody's toes, similar to what you're saying. That's yeah. really awesome. Absolutely. How big is your guys' team? 
Um, so the actual Beacon House Association of San Pedro has about 38 employees. And I would say 35 or maybe 30, I'm sorry, 33 out of 38 of those employees are actual alumni from the program. Mm. That's cool. That's from our executive director to our chief financial officer to our COO all the way down to our guys doing uh, retail associate positions at thrift stores. Um, our team in the thrift store is right around seven right now. Mm. So that's, um, scheduling logistics, uh, general managers and retail associates, stuff like that. Yeah. Sorry for not knowing this too. And you guys just have the one location here in Long Beach or have you guys expanded outside? So we have two locations. Our flagship store is actually in San Pedro. Mm. It's about a third of the size of the one in Long Beach, which is around 13,000 square feet. Just an absolute monster. Mm -hmm. Never again. Way too big. Yeah. Way really? Too big. Are you yeah. guys able to fill it up though with a bunch of stuff? Yeah, or? absolutely. Yeah. We can fill it up. Just the overhead's ridiculous. Mm. Like Zafaria District, don't they're trying really hard right now to like bring its its brand value up, like, mm. and they're doing a really wonderful job. But it's still on the borderline of East Long Beach. And yeah, right. that comes with a lot, a lot of drama. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, they're charging like it's, um, God, I hope they don't listen to this, but they're charging <laughs> like it's like Bixby, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get it. That's the funny part, too, where you got to you gotta like know where you're at. You got to be realistic, mm. right? Mm. And that's kind of what we try to do with this show, too, is we're not politicians. We're not trying to put together some sort of a school project. Mm-hmm. We're just having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no, I'm not trying to, like fuck that you know what yeah. i mean this just doesn't make any sense so yeah. Yeah, yeah. i want to hear about how you lead your team then yeah um man i think the most valuable thing to me at least is allowing everybody to feel like they have a voice mm. that their opinion is valued making myself available for ideas um not saying no to ideas but asking more questions and kind of trying to figure out the way that they're viewing things. Um, my team is extremely strong. I have a guy named Daniel who's very much good at managing people, um, good with the nuts and bolts. And then uh, each of our positions, like our production associate, is a guy who's been in the thrift industry and collectible industry for over 20 years. Mm. Um, so I will very often like defer to them. Like I'm not there to make decisions for them. I trust their judgment, you know, and if something goes wrong, it's like, okay, well, what can we do better next time? What didn't we think of? Um, So I want to build these guys up. Like, I don't want to make decisions for them. And I want to give them credit where credit's due and where we can do better, obviously go back and, you know, formulate a better path forward next time. Yeah, I like that. That's really awesome. What's your favorite thing about your job? What do you love the most? Um... That's a good question. I would say most days it's the autonomy Mm. and like being able to create and like take risks. Like we're not a fortune 500 company where it's like things move slowly. Like we are very much go, 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 go um, to the point where we kind of had to scale it back because what we found is growing for the sake of growth isn't always necessarily um, the best idea. Like we have to make sure that there's operating procedures that things are sustainable, um, taking into account variables like uh, the economy, trends changing. Um, so I've grown a lot in that sense in the past year where it's like, okay, let's kind of pump our brakes a little bit mm. and like assess where we're at right now, you know? Mm. I like that. 
Do you have a big like sporting background? Did you play sports as a kid at all? Yeah, I, my, I think as soon as I could start walking, uh, I started playing t-ball. And then, you know, then came basketball and then came football. Uh, the only sport I didn't play like in, in high school was uh, oh, two, volleyball and soccer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I bring that up because I wanted to kind of tie in the importance of fitness. We kind of touched on it a little bit mm. with overall health. Mm. And obviously you're building kind of the mind and overcoming the mind and just setting good positive attitudes in there. How important is your physical health for your mental health and vice versa? Um, super important, man. I'd say that obviously going in and getting a pump is huge, but what it is for me is like having, setting that schedule, saying I'm going to do something and like going and doing it, you know, like being able to say, okay, well that was integrity. You know, the mornings you don't want to go to the gym at five 30, like you're up, like regardless if you want to or not, or you didn't sleep enough, like you're there, you know? And here's something that goes through my head is, um, when I don't do it, I'm so hard on myself mm. to where that's the thing is I'm harder on myself than anybody else is. That's why sometimes I'm like, Hey, if you're upset, babe, go, just let it out. It's fine. Like I, like there's nothing you're going to, unless you pull a gun on me like or me something like that. Screaming at you yeah. does not bother you. Like at all. you should hear the conversation I had with myself before I came in here. <laughs> like it's not, it, it's okay. You, you're yeah. not going to be like, did I hurt Venture's feelings? I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Cause I understand <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Okay. Did you get it out? Let's fix it now. Yeah. Like that's yeah. totally fine. So but with sports is I know like it's easier for me to go run that 5K, let's say, and then come back and get that pump in than me sitting around and going like, fuck, I didn't do it. Yeah. I'm a loser. You know mm. what I mean? Like, or at least today, like I was, I kind of bitched out on that and I don't want to be that guy, right? Mm. I want to get better. Oh, well, why didn't you do with the things that it takes to get better? And it just becomes this like hamster wheel. Yeah. And then when I work out, I go, oh, it's gonna be a good podcast. You know, yeah. like it's gonna, we're gonna be smooth. Everything's gonna be a good time. Yeah. So it's like, what goes through your head? Not that. Um, I think I'm just like, it's, I think about working out a lot more than I actually go do workout. Um, I think for me, it's more of just like, yeah, I get disappointed if I don't work out, but it doesn't consume me. I'm like, oh, that's what I have have tomorrow. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Mm. It should be a bigger deal. And I think, um, cause it, it, I, I I should work out more than I do. Um, but no, it definitely does not consume me the way it consumes you. Yeah. I'm very okay not working out. I feel, I do feel a lot better if I do work out. Um, I do notice the difference. Like I feel more productive, feel a bit more alive. Um, but the difference is not as big to where I'm like, oh yeah, let's wake up at five 30 and work out. Like mm. I don't feel that pull. Um, yeah. so you and I are very different. And I think what what I would recommend to the listeners too is when you do see those results and you actually do become that version of yourself that you're like, I'm probably, I don't want to say never, but it's going to take me a couple years to get to that height of where I was athletically when we first met to where I was a guy that was just, oh yeah, marathon, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like I could bang out a marathon right now, but I would not like it. Like (laughs) it would fucking suck, right? But just to that level of power that I had. But I still know the benefits of it. So therefore, like, that's why I do it. I think some people have never been off that deep end and get it. Like, what type of workouts are you into? Are you just the guy that's out there clanking iron or do you do your cardio? Do you kind of background? What, what do you like to do? Yeah, no, I, I clank iron and then I do the lowest impact. Like, mm-hmm. I got you. I could do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah, good yeah. to clank some iron and get yeah. that in. But the way I look at it, too, is like your heart health, too. It's like guys love to get in there and, you know, do the weights. Right. But at the end of the day, you still 
still need your heart for the next 50 years of your mm, life, sure, right? Yeah. So that's where I do. Girls like to get on that treadmill and get that glow that we're talking about, right? And then you don't want to get under there and clank some iron. But mm. it's like your body is going to actually deteriorate. It's yeah. just the way the female body works. Whereas this guy's heart's going to give out if he mm. doesn't. Like that's just the way men work. So it's just a funny thing. Like you have to try to be overall with everything you do. And it's just amazing. Fitness is the best thing ever. Like I'll skip work before I try to skip fitness mm. because that's just how important I know it is for mm. me. So that's yeah. just awesome with overall health, right? Yeah. And I've noticed too, like um, I'm at a weird place with it where you bring up like a, a good point where it's like, like I'm 32, right? And like, do I need to be a guy that's like benching four plates? Like, right. is that is that right. necessary, right? Or like, do I need to be a guy like you said? Am I in it for longevity? Because you know, ligaments start breaking down first. That's the first thing that mm. goes when you're in there like lifting heavy. And uh, I don't think I want that. Like, I want to like be able to get out of bed in the morning and like be like, all right, well, I feel, feel good. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I learned it just from your dad. Like that's where he's a career long um, army guy, you know, been all over in Sweden and his body in his mid, his late 50s. He just turned 58. Oh, his late 50s is better than anyone in their 30s. And I go like, oh, that's kind of what it is to where he's not a humongous guy, Mm -hmm. but he's not little. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Right around maybe 205 to 215 is like Mm -hmm. that sweet spot to be able Mm -hmm. to keep everything around. Well, you know, just that area is like super dope. So it's important, right? I want to know. Or it's like, have you seen the Ronnie Coleman doc? You familiar with him? And then it's like amazing what he was able to accomplish, right? And then you see him now and it's like, oh no, that wasn't. Because if you think about it, his spine is just the same as our spine. Maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit bigger, but like not to be... 800 pounds just on a regular daily thing like Mm -mm. it's just bone like you don't have some sort of now if you get like a titanium spine that'd be kind of (laughs) dope and just really like like fuck it let's do it right let's see how far the body gets but yeah longevity it's it's two different like balls that you have to balance right Mm -hmm. it's how good do you want to be now and then how good do you want to be tomorrow so it's awesome i think for me it's um if i don't see immediate results which you usually don't do when you work out Mm -hmm that throws me off because I'm like, well, it'll take me months and months for me to even see the slightest result. Mm -hmm. I don't see it within a week. And now I'm like, well, nothing's happening. So let's just stop. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, for me, like lifting weights is easy, like like, working out and like beating PRs. Like that's the fun part. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is like when you come home Yeah. and like what's in the kitchen and like are you hitting your macros if you're trying to put on mass, like if you're trying to cut, like where are you at with your deficit? Like a year ago, I was all about that. My fitness pal, like Mm -hmm. down to like 185, like looking good like mm-hmm. well, you know high school football mat you know? <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i am miserable right now though. yeah you know what i mean so it's about finding that balance and i haven't found it yet yeah that's the hard thing because i'm i'm trying to gain weight and that's really hard for me because I, I i naturally have a hard time gaining weight mm-hmm. um so that's a struggle in itself and then just being like well you gotta eat you gotta have enough protein you gotta just eat 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 yeah but i'm like but i'm full like i can't eat more but then you're like no way you have have a protein shake and it's like oh now i feel sick (laughs) and the thing that i've had to figure out with your body too is that with me if i do two workouts i will be hungry 
Right. I guarantee you, I'll go to IHOP afterwards. Mm-hmm. If we go, it just it's a hundred percent. There's no gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. I have to fill it. I go with you, and I'm just like, how are you not hungry? I'm yeah. confused. And you're like, you did a hard workout. It's just it's a weird thing to yeah. like kind of figure out how. That's what yeah. I've been doing for the past few years. Figure out how does the female body kind of really work, yeah. and where how do we build this muscle? Her recovery, just the lack of testosterone, mm-hmm. is like way different. I'll, I'll be sore for a week. Yeah, I'll yeah. wreck my body, and maybe it's like okay, the next day, but let's just go sixty percent, and then we're fucking back into it going, mm-hmm. and then. Hers, I'm like, fuck. We, I'll do like it. five squats and I can't walk for a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but the cool part that you talked about is we can kind of segue into one of our last topics of delayed gratification, mm. man. How important is delayed gratification to you, to your team, to the guys that let's say like you sponsor and you help out? Tell me about that. Uh, obviously, like we have to value it. Like I will say that. Like, but do will I say that it gets easier? Uh, for me, that's not the case. Mm. Like I very much like you want results now. Mm. Um, but the biggest difference today is like not acting impulsive and just trusting the process. And like that goes for recovery, that goes at our thrift stores, that goes at the Beacon House. It's just like having that faith that if I continue to put one foot in front of the other things will get better. You know, maybe the end goal isn't what I envision in my mind right now, but it will 100% be better than today if mm. I continue to stay the path. Like, that's how I try to operate, and that's how the team operates, too. I like that. As we kind of start to land the plane here on this convo, how was your first experience on our podcast? Yeah, I loved it, man. It was way more chill than I thought. Yeah, yeah. fun. Time flew. Yeah, yeah I yeah, did. I don't try to force medicine down anybody's throat. That's <laughs> that's that's the shit I hate is like when people just come in and have a PowerPoint and all this. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. You already lost me. Yeah. I got a phone call to take. Bye. <laughs> you know, things like that. So is there anything, I, I like to close on two questions. Is there anything that either myself or Hannah didn't bring up that maybe you wanted to talk about coming in? There doesn't have to be anything. No, yeah, I think, uh, no, I was just... I was open-minded, man. Awesome. I didn't really know how perfect. Was go. Yeah, so that's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. the perfect guest <laughs> when you're just open-minded. Love that. Definitely. Yeah. Or the oh, the guests that we hate are the people that are kind of trying to like stay in their shell a little bit, and you can tell they're kind of like working things around. And I'm like, mm. hey, it's okay. There's yeah. no nobody's coming. There's no FBI coming yeah. after you. Like, <laughs> trust me, I run the show. Like, it's totally <laughs> cool, and you can just talk. So yeah, we appreciate your experience. Like I said, this is just phase one too. Mm-hmm. So here in the next couple months, we'll have cameras up, and then hopefully we can kind of get you back out here and we'll be doing it that way but baby steps right that's how we like to do everything as we grow this show and we're looking for more people in the community that have an amazing story to tell like yourself Mm -hmm. is there maybe like two to three people that come to mind that we can reach out to here in the socal area that you would like to see probably sit in the same seat and share what they're about yeah i mean i could think of like the guy i said shane shane Mm -hmm. fleming is like I love that man, and he's shown me a lot. He's over in and out, and he can give you some insight into what I do, but at a bigger level, you know, um, working with all these people and foundations, that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, I got my friend Zach, who is a tech guy, and who's used that. He got sober, and how he applied that to our operation, and he's now looking for, you know, a bigger, better job for mm. a software company. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then aside from that, my ED is amazing. Uh, 
the guy that went in debt a million dollars and now is wow. running an organization what? that has a ten million dollar operating budget. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, the that's guy crazy. you wouldn't want around your wallet. Oh man, <laughs> now is running the Beacon House. Wow, Jeez. how that's do you amazing. run? Could you imagine being at half a million and seeing that like bill and then being like, I'm at two thousand dollars of credit card debt and it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and then it gets to a million and you're just like, wow. Yeah, that's a guy that we definitely yeah, gotta have we gotta on. Talk to yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, yeah. And like I said, always we're looking for cool people all the time. If there's anyone you think about, like while you're cooking or thing, oh, I got to send this guy over, send him my way. Worst thing they say is no, right? Yeah, so, definitely. Hey, this has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. We appreciate you guys, you know, listening. Appreciate you coming on and hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Bye.